It always ends the same way with us on these pods, boys. Might as well not even start. So, <laughs> although, how could we do that for the movie that literally might have saved movies at the movie theater? Mark, what are we watching? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awfully game with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Well, we're going uh, back to, what, 2019 or maybe 2020 or maybe 2021, but officially 2022, right? And we're watching Top Gun Maverick. The long-awaited sequel. And for those that need some sort of refresher, I'm not sure why, but hey, uh, after 30 years, Maverick's still pushing the envelope as a top naval aviator, but must confront ghosts of his past when he leads Top Gun's elite graduates on a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those chosen to fly it. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Boys, we were uh, anticipating this movie for quite some time. We podcasted on the original Top Gun before this movie came out. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, a long time coming, I suppose. We waited until we could get our hands on this to watch it multiple viewings, I believe. But uh, I've seen it six times now. And for I a movie that came out in late May. And that's pretty impressive. And... Uh, I'm excited. In a few weeks, we have uh, our favorite movies of the year coming up, and I, I, I'd wager to bet that this will probably be on that list for most of us. Hey, so, would you say all three of us, or more than uh, me? Yeah, and Jesse. Even he's not here tonight, but uh, I think uh, I think he loved this too. So, but Jeff, uh, you were excited for this I, moment in time. I guess we all saw this uh, when it came out. What within the first couple of weeks, it came back in the theater, right? For sure. I yeah, and I even waited a little longer than I wanted to because I had to make it line up because I specifically wanted to see it on a screen X because this is one of the few films ever made that was shot specifically for screen X. Uh, one of the reasons for that is uh, even though this movie came out in 2022, it was actually originally supposed to come out in July of 2019. Um, five different and, release dates. At the time... Screen X was the highest end movie screen there was, and it was the newfangled thing. And gentlemen, it was super cool. If you have, if you ever get a chance to see this on a Screen X, if you didn't, so Screen X for those of you who don't know, it's an IMAX, but then it has the two screens to your peripheral vision, um, on your right and your left in certain scenes, and all of the dogfighting and plane scenes. There are literal planes to your right and to your left, right in your peripheral vision. Yeah, and it see, that's feels awesome. Like you're in the cockpit. And it was literally like my wife was making fun of me the entire time about like having to wait to see it on this special screen. And then even after after doing it, she was like, That was pretty cool. She even admitted it. It was like a, it really added to the experience. Nothing can beat seeing that the first time in the theater like that. It really can't. Uh, so that was my moment in time. No, and I mean, Nico, was this 4DX for you? I, I saw, oh yeah, I would love, go ahead, you first, and then I'll, then I'll tell my story of the theater, because it is a good uh, one. Mine was just, uh, mine was much anticipated, and it was just, oh, let me get it on the biggest screen possible, right? So, I had IMAX seats, not, not the, I didn't have this peripheral extra bonus that Jeff was just bragging about, but uh, I'm slightly jealous, because... <laughs> Uh, just like the original, the fighting scenes, the dog fighting is top notch in this, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, 
movie theater magic, right? You know, felt like a kid again, right? Well, it felt like it, it felt like being back in the movie theater. I hope you guys. Well, felt, I mean, like, did you guys get it, that same experience? It, well, yeah. Not only that, it was just because there were other people there and excited to see it. Yeah, I've been it was in the, the back theater. of the movie theater a lot, but not like that. It 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 almost brought the nostalgia out. It was nice seeing the vibe. It was nice seeing the snack bar crowded. It was nice right? seeing <laughs> people excited to be at the movies. Because for a while, everybody was going back to the movies a little bit. But then everybody was just like, you know, at the theater, but kind of scared at the theater. <laughs> right, right. Like, no, hey. this, was the, this was one of the first times back that it really felt that it mattered. Yeah, yeah, like people were just excited experience. to be there, there you know. There right was left. noise in the theater rather yes. than, you know, right. people Tenet, putting a Tenet putting... and Black Widow weren't enough to get people <laughs> excited yeah. to go back. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. You know, Spider Man Spider Man was like Spider Man was I mean, it was kinda the, like it, that too, but it was it just was the so start, near still. But but Top yeah. Gun pulled really a lot of people out of their out of their butts, for sure. Because there's so many people that just are in love with you know the original Top Gun, that and that's something that the Marvel movies don't have, and and so there were a lot of people that went to the theaters that don't go to the theater to watch uh, to watch uh, Marvel movies that went to see Top Gun. And I think it was beyond really, that, was, I think beyond that, people who hadn't even gone to the movies before COVID were coming after this one, and that was, was special. It's just a pleasure to see. Absolutely, yeah. Nico, yeah. jump in. I think you had uh, bomber jackets, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so we'll start in summer 2021 people are so excited to be out again you know all that and they took a party bus that i drove to go see black widow and, and there was there was 50 of them i think they ran out the whole theater they had costumes they i still see photos pop up and i'm like damn that's good and i told them on the way back i was like yeah we gotta do this for top gun in december at the time it was december and everybody was kind of on board and it, it just kind of built from there where every time i saw someone we'd be like yeah we're doing top gun for that right and the Matrix was a mini one, but it didn't quite live up. But come oh, yeah. May, I everybody, your Matrix photos. Every yeah, right. We did. Uh, what a letdown that was. Yeah. <laughs> I we warned wanted, you guys. I warned you, did. you guys. You did. Yeah, you did. yeah. It was. It makes for good pictures. You're right. <laughs> the, it was not a good fourth installment. Uh, but this one we were ready for, and we were ready months in advance. There was, there was invites going out on Facebook, like party bus to go to Westminster, which is like ten to twelve miles away, just to see. Top Gun, and it was just an absolute fucking hit. It really was. We had a party beforehand. We had a party afterwards, dancing in the in the late May moonlight, and it was just like a one of the best nights of summer. And the part I remember the most is everybody was dressed up in like bomber gear, and I played the song. Uh, I'd been boast, boosting the volleyball scene in the first all the weekend long, so I played <laughs> playing with the boys. And right when I did, the organizer he looks at me, he points at me, he just does the flex from the volleyball scene. I just started cracking up. It was so fun. This the the famous volleyball flex from uh, Val Kilmer's volleyball mate. It just made me I so always, happy. I um, I was remembering our our pod on the volleyball scene in the first one, and that was the uh, never. I always knew how short Tom Cruise was, but in that um, in talking about that, I learned that you're taller than Tom Cruise, Nick. Yeah, like, nice. The fact that Tom Cruise is shorter than you like blows my mind. <laughs> In his fairness, five foot seven, I did learn in research for this podcast, is is thought by the Air Force and the Navy as the ideal height for a fighter pilot. So it is the one role Tom Cruise has played in his life that actually fits his his size, absolutely his uh, stature. Right, like he could be an astronaut, he could be he could be a fighter pilot. <laughs> yes, he is good for these. Uh... It's, he's not quite Jack Reacher. Um, but his level of greatness overseeds all of that, though. Definitely. Super. Um, got a series of questions for you guys before we jump into our categories. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the first one, I, I I'm curious about this. We talked in our last podcast. Um, 
Mark, Mark came out and said he's pretty sure that this is going to be better than the first one. Is this movie better than the first one, Nick? Yes. Hands down. Resounding yes, Mark? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Even that shocked me. I'd have to agree. It's actually yeah. a better bit. Like, there's a lot of nostalgia to that first one, but it is. So just we, we, poked, we poked a ton of holes in that movie in our podcast. And but even I mean, then, that's not it's why. It's a better film. Yeah. It is. It's a better all-around film. Um, the first one was really, truly a collection of great scenes. And we talked about that in the podcast. Mm-hmm. We brought attention to that. And you don't get that vibe with this. This is a complete movie. Um, this has just great... it, it, It's hard to pull any complaint out of this. You know, they just perfected every scene. This is a great off, beginning, middle, yeah. end. Great yeah. high stakes. So, I'm, I'm bought into everything. everything. All our problems in the first one, they solved in this one. Uh, mainly not, with actually... Or they're not there. Or they're not there. But like... Where does this movie rank for you guys? So, uh, you guys were very, very high on this sequel. Where does this rank for you in your Matt Rushmore of best sequels ever? Ah, okay. So, that's an interesting question. So, we poked so many holes in the first one. And, and like, it's not like the top... It's not like the original Top Gun was ever... Which was a movie we all admitted we loved, too. We loved, but I don't think it was on any of our favorite movie lists necessarily um it's not like we were marshall you know um our friend marshall right <laughs> hey, by the way worships. by the way mark did you do your research we gotta I, get we gotta no what, I did what planes are flying in this movie <laughs> god knows i'll screw something up on what uh, but no i i i think that's the when we think about other sequels like they're usually to like really good movies right and i don't know if top gun's a really good movie for example, like you know, yeah, the, like the five yeah, I had written it down, is. the five standard bears, Empire Strikes Back, yeah, like, yeah Wars, like this doesn't touch Godfather Empire. Part Two, no, it doesn't touch uh, that Godfather, either. Dark Knight, well, well Dark good. Knight is Batman Begins. I mean, Nick's gonna say this is way better than Dark Knight. But... Well, he's disqualified yeah, from discussing but, Dark but, Knight. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I okay, so here's my issue with that. I I think. I think all those movies you just said, that's my point. Like, they're not, like, Top Gun's not as good as those movies. The first one. Okay. I mean, as just Batman Begins? Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's just nostalgic. Okay. Like, I was trying to think about it. I was like, do we just love Top Gun because it's so nostalgic? No, it's it's a good movie. Because I, I did rewatch it and appreciate it more after, after watching So, and I, one. okay, I think you're a good basis for this. And the only reason I say that is because... Jeff and I, we're both pretty much on record, like, as just, you know, we we don't know life without Top Gun, whereas you were introduced to Top Gun in high school, Nick. Yeah. So, I um I think I think your opinion holds weight here, is my point. So, I'm, I'm picking, I'm buying what you're putting down. So, what else, what's your next question, Jeff? But, real quick, I think, it, I think it's second all time, after T2, which I know you didn't mention, but T2's got to be. Okay, so this is the second greatest sequel of all time, is what you yeah. think? Yes, I do. Yeah, but this is coming I from think... someone that hates Star Wars, or no, has never yeah. seen Star Wars. Has never seen Star Wars. Holy what about Harry. Godfather? What about like Godfather? Part? It's close. God, it's close I mean... to Godfather too. I think Godfather One is ultimately better. I th- the five I wrote down were Empire Strikes Back, Godfather Part Two, Dark Knight, Terminator Two, and Aliens. Yeah, definitely Terminator Two, and then this. Uh... I'm pretty sure about that too. I'm not trying to be pompous. But... And I'm sure I missed some there, Mark. But yeah. that was well, no. Godfather. Okay, so if I made a list of 10, 10 sequels, this is on it, hands down. But if I if I'm putting five, I don't know if I can put it there for me personally. But I'd I say it's I there. It's there. I, and I love this movie, and but maybe I don't know. maybe if I watch it more, I fall more in love with it. But here's my thing: I was talking about this with Jesse, and this, he he thinks one is better than two, where I disagree. But okay. here's what I here's what I propose. I said here's my interesting theory: I think two's a better movie than part one, but I like part one more than part two. And that feels weird saying that. And the reason behind that is, it's simply nostalgic. Like, there's literally lines that I will forever have memorized in my brain from part right. one, where I'm never going to have lines from this one memorized, just because I, I'm not going to watch it the 30 times I've seen the original. For now, so, but maybe later. No, I don't think I will, just because as an adult, I don't wa- I don't digest movies like I did as a kid. So, that, I mean, that, I already know that, like, for a fact. Like, I just... I just don't well, have. Well, and I wonder. I don't have we the all time. hold this movie? And I thought about this today. 
Do we all hold this movie in higher regard because we love movies so much and in a lot of, and we also all love the theater experience. And in a lot of ways, we feel this movie almost saved movie theaters. Is that giving, is that giving timing, this timing's movie more gotta weight be considered. to all of us? Right. Because I'm not sure that we have, I think we all would love this movie regardless, but I'm not sure we have the love fest we do if this is released in 2019 prior to the pandemic. No, I'm with uh, that. I'm with that. I think, I think it's the weird move. Weirdly, this movie being delayed that first time put this movie... It doesn't get nominated for Best Picture at the end of 2019 like it does, like this one does after 2022. Um, and, I mean, it does needs even, to be Nick, do you still think it has a... Nick, do you still think it... Do you think it's going to win? You said this movie was going to win when it first came out. I know. I made the bold statement. I, I think it's the best movie of the year, and I'll just say that right now. I, I, I still have about seven to ten movies left to see. Before. Do you think you would have thought that in 2019? Yeah, I do. I was thinking that too. I've, okay. I've seen the best movies of 2019. I do. I think in I, any I year this would have been was... the best movie. Like I said earlier, this is the second best sequel to Terminator 2. 2019. Probably of all wasn't time. Parasite 2019? Yep. Yeah, you one more question. Which would you rather watch? I've seen one six times, I've seen one once. Well, I mean, I don't speak Korean, so Top Gun is a much easier rewatch than Parasite. But that's got to be considered too, Mark. That's got to be considered too. I'm sure, but like, I'm just talking as far as movies that blow my mind, like, they blew my mind for different reasons. Like, Parasite will still always blow my mind, where Maverick's not going to continue to blow my mind. One, one, one more question, then I promise we'll get to the categories. But I thought I, it's worth mentioning because I kept thinking it. Is this a better movie if Maverick dies while saving Rooster? Possibly. I really think. I, I was a little, and I was more upset on the rewatch than I was the first time. But I remember at the first time thinking, the perfect ending to this movie is Maverick taking in the crossfire and sacrificing himself. That whole goofy ending where they find an f-14 and they i see i see your point but the love story with him and jennifer Connolly was real so i'm gonna say because of that no i felt it i felt that love story yeah, but that's, Ew, we have done nothing but just ponder a lot of pondering so point. far boys hey all right well all right let's get into it mark what worked okay i think the in my notes i have they wrote their wrongs from the original and, and when i what i mean by that when we were analyzing the first Top Gun, one of our biggest issues, or at least one of mine, was the fact it, that our rookie pilots go into battle at the end of the, the movie. And we were, I was like, well, what happened to all the other top previous Top Gun guys, right? So I just absolutely love that right out of the gate, this movie, when it sets the... They fix that. It sets the storyline... I love that we have all all-star pilots that have all won Top Gun before, and like I'm I'm so in like I'm already like that makes more it makes more sense. Already. I'm so much more invested than like the Navy infomercial of Part One, right? Like so the storyline just gets me everything about the storyline. The intro, the opening scene is just fantastic. I mean, um, talk about. You know, the, the, we're sitting in the production meeting and it's like, okay, we got to nail them with the opener, right? We had a great opener in the original. We got to get them with a great opener of this one. And they do. But, but also, I also have in my notes, you got to love all the little, the little love, the, you know, the little homages to the original, right? Right out the gate with the danger zone on the carrier, right? Like, yep. I, and I was just thinking to myself, I know, I know Nico loves his playing with the boys, but. But, <laughs> look what made the cut again, right? Danger Zone, right? This iconic song. Even the just, uh, Don, it, even the Don, well, there, there the, was two songs. Zim, even the Bruckenheimer Simpson to open it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you're right. There is two songs because we get the we get the Simpson. anthem. We get the Top Gun anthem into the into the Danger Zone, right? Yeah, you've been called back to Top Gun. I believe is the name by Hans Zimmer is what I read. But um, so yeah, no, I just. I don't want to steal everybody's you know notes here, but I, and I also just had I, I bought into the relationship between Tom Cruise and Rooster. Um, what's his name? Uh, yeah, this is right. What I have in Miles my Teller. Too. Miles yeah, Teller. sorry, sorry, Miles. Drawing a blank there for a second. Don't know why. Love you and Whiplash. Anyway, love you and Whiplash. Such a great movie too. Uh, what this else? Kid's works? Been doing it almost a decade. What else works, Nico? 
I, I have to, a lot with you. You can tell, you know, there's a lot of pressure coming into this, like five different release dates, gathering all your friends, driving party buses. And I agree with you from the opening credits. You just get this nostalgic overflow feeling where you're like, they're not fucking around again. I can just relax and enjoy this now. You know, that's something I didn't really get with Avatar 2 that you definitely got here. And it's just such a relieving feeling. Um, there, I have here too what you just said. There's so much purpose to this sequel with the father-son relationship with Goose. I'm sorry, with uh, Rooster, and I bought into that completely from the beginning too. Maybe because it was Miles Teller, it was heartfelt, it was touching. The only thing that I would say beat that a little bit was the Iceman Maverick friendship. I, I, I think I bought into that a little bit more. Yeah, and that was an I, interesting layer that you didn't see coming, right? Yeah, necessarily. Right. I love that layer of the film because so we just assume they went on to be friends. Such, we didn't actually see you it. You know, they're such rivals, but you know, they have that moment at the end. You know, you can you can be my wingman anytime, heart. and yeah, the two hearts. Go ahead, Mark. No, no, no. I just I just love how that played into the film. So. Yeah, I do too. I had I had written down the heart of this film is the is the two relationships that Maverick has. The one with. Um, uh, not actually the Jennifer Conley one, which is, um, there's, there's actual chemistry there versus Kelly McGill. So that's an upgrade. Um, but the relationship with, um, ice and then the relationship with, uh, Miles Teller. And to your point, Mark, um, one of the things we joked about on the last pa- pod was, is ice really a bad guy? Because right. <laughs> he wants people to be safe and responsible. This film and this film answers it. He's actually the ultimate good guy, and he looks and he turns out he looks out for Maverick the rest of his career. So have that in my notes. They did a much better job developing our side pilots, our other characters outside of. Agreed. Um, you know, like Bob. I love Bob. We don't even know who Bob is in part. You know, in, in the original Top Gun. so they did a good job of well-rounding every pilot is what you're saying yeah no just giving us background just giving me some sort of invested interest in these characters more than just you know they're well not only did they do that they did it like during the flying scenes which is super creative right she even said in in one point in the movie they they did that now you just learned of who who rooster is right when but really do it in the first in the introduction yeah they first walk into that bar the bar scene man is some of the best character introductions i've ever seen in a movie yeah it really is they literally it is so efficient and they literally tell you a little bit about everything. You, they, you understand that Hangman's the cocky, kind of like dickish character. You, un, I mean, you understand that Ro- who Rooster is. Obviously, some of that's from background in the previous film. Bob, when Bob says, oh, what's call sign? Also Bob. You understand Coyote. Like, they do so much character work so efficiently. It literally, like, screenwriting classes could be taught on that opening scene on how to introduce characters. But then um, they kind of introduced I, it. Yeah, go ahead. Another thing I wrote down was this is some of the best use of text messaging I've ever seen in a movie. The text messages between him and Ice just work. And we've had text messages for several years now. And like some some movies do it better than ever, but they never seem to get it quite right. It felt perfectly done in this film. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's just like because it's like Mav and Ice and it says Ice in the phone. I, it it just it really worked for me. You were gonna say something, Nick. Go ahead. Uh, um. So you're right about the intro. It, it was perfect in the bar and it was authentic, but we got to see it up in the air too. And I thought that was super cool. And I I agree with you as well. The text messages were really emotion. The emotion really came through for text messages, and you usually don't feel that. Which is which is hard to do, and it, and most movies don't do it well. And you're I hadn't thought about that, Nick, but that's a great point. Every ice text message really hits hard. Like there's gravity behind it, and they're which, like they're like one line text messages too, right? Because he's and typing in real in the computer, life, we know that's how text when you're texting with your best friends or you're texting with like your wife or your girlfriend. That's how like text messages are more emotional than like sometimes like just even exchanging like info. Yeah. So well, that that's a great point, yeah. Nick. But also to add on, one thing I have here that's really important. I think that Lady Gaga song is perfect, and so is the classic rock soundtrack. I think. They nailed that completely, and it's such an important part of this movie. I probably listen to the Lady Gaga song 250 times this summer. I, I absolutely love it. I heard Tom Cruise say in an interview it embodied, he was giving Lady Gaga credit. He said that song embodied everything that they were trying to achieve with this movie. And I was just like, wow, I can't believe he said that. And at first I was like, eh, but as the summer went on, I was like, 
belting it out in my car, wanting to cry, and it just it's fucking beautiful song. That's awesome. Did you guys catch the de- dedication uh, to Tony Scott? Yep. Didn't you love that? That's a nice little That's touch, fantastic. right? And did you see the note on that, Jeff? They dedicated it um, to Tony, who died in you know suicide in 2012, but he had been developing his own version of a sequel before he Absolutely. died. Absolutely. So. Did you I say that, that they offered nice Ridley? Touch. Did you say Tom Cruise first brought this to his brother Ridley Scott to direct? That's not surprising. No, I didn't and see Ridley it. Ridley but... Scott said it's not his type of movie. Yeah. So he didn't think it could do like his brother proper justice. Yeah. But he gave Tom Cruise a list of ten directors that he thought would be perfect. Really? And could Jonathan Kaczyn- or uh, not John uh, uh, Kaczynski was uh, on that list. So Interesting. I thought that that was really cool. All right, so All right. tell us about our so failed homework assignment. <laughs> huge internet theory that I hated and dismissed completely when I first heard it. And then I rewatched this movie. And then I got on and I started researching it. And um, Did you do all this past midnight? Joshua Kaczynski. No, this was all done before midnight. Joshua Kaczynski. It changes almost the entire talk of the film. So that's why I wanted to bring it up to the front of the podcast. Uh, Joshua Kaczynski, the director, says he actually likes the theory. He's not going to answer it because he thinks everybody needs to make their own interpretation of the movie. But he absolutely does not dismiss it, and he thinks it's a real a, a great theory. But hold on, real um, quick, real quick. It's Joshua. Is it's Joseph? So just sorry, Joshua, okay. but you don't exist. But Joseph Kaczynski. Joseph Anyways, Kaczynski. Jeff, keep going. Joseph Kaczynski. Thank you, Mark. Um. I mean, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't mispronounce somebody's name. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's mispronouncing or the wrong name, right? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the wrong name. Yeah. Either way. Anyways, um, keep going. So theory. the big theory out there, um, blowing up, blowing up the internet, is that after the Mach 10 crash, Tom Cruise's Maverick dies, and the rest of this is him get like whatever afterlife purgatory, and. The reason this is such a big theory out there is, first of all, um, after deep diving about a thousand Reddit um, forums and just different articles, it is impo- it's pretty much impossible to survive a Mach 10 crash. It's actually pretty much impossible to survive a Mach 8 crash. Additionally, he, some, he lands in like some Kansas farmland where everybody's dressed like it's the 1950s. And they have like a 1950s or 1930s cash register. <laughs> Instead of, if you look at if you looked at the map and where he was going in the world, he should have like crash landed in like Thailand or something. It makes no sense. He took off in America and crash lands in America. Um, and everything that happens from that point on just is a little too perfect. He somehow runs into his lost love who hasn't been snatched up by anybody yet, also owns a bar and drives a Porsche and looks like Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> um, he makes he makes good with his best friend, prior, right prior to his best friend dying. He gets to save the life and redeem himself in the eyes of the son of the friend that he killed. And everything just ends up perfect for him. And if you watch, I completely dismissed this theory and made fun of it. Then I, I, I I'm, I'm making fun of it right now. I think it's probably the dumbest thing we've ever discussed. The director. I mean, I, Nick, I'm not saying it's it. It works for me. It works for me fine with him like living, but the director completely buys in. And when most of these theories, they're like, no, it's not meant to be that. Um, I guess we'll find out if there's a third Top Gun movie. Why? Uh, don't Why? know Tom Cruise's Could just take. be another dream, right? <laughs> but, right. I don't know. It's, I've it's never been a... so happy to miss homework before. Yeah. <laughs> but it cuts to right after right after the Mach 9. It Hold actually on. Cuts okay, to wait a sec. You, like, he didn't necessarily survive the crash, right? He knew this thing was about to explode, so he ejected, right? Isn't it, can't he impossible. eject like all the other No, in Reddit, impossible at that speed. It will. Uh, how do we know? That it was buy. a special plane. The, the government doesn't know. Maybe it's got a special ejector seat that the fucking Reddit thread doesn't know about. I mean, 
There's lots. I mean, you yeah. got to take any, yeah. any of How these How about we take that movies. into account, Reddit, Reddit, Reddit thread? Any of these action <laughs> movies, um, you, you've got no. to take all this Tom stuff. Tom Cruise like, and Rooster. Yes, yeah, that all went it's down. It's called suspension of a belief. It's something we're just supposed to buy into. It doesn't. Have, yeah. It wasn't that unbelievable. I mean, that's I, what movies are. I agree. I really. I hate agree. That I'm not saying I agree with the theory, but really I'm just saying. You just said that you started to drink the that theory's Kool Aid. It's uh, well, no, I more than I do most theories. I, I, what I'm saying is, I completely disavowed it, and then I did the rewatch, and it changes the way you watch this movie. Favorite scenes. Are you ready? Jeffrey, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Um, the scene where Maverick dies in the beginning. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyway, um, the, um, the Val Kilmer scene. Val Kilmer in the middle, that's yours? Me too. Gosh, that's yours too, huh? That's like the... It's funny too, you thought we were all gonna, you were sure we were all gonna have the best, same favorite scene. I really did, I because like, it was like... I, f- I thought the same, I thought it'd be the Val Kilmer scene. I didn't think that would be it. Gosh, man. This is a like, character-driven movie based on relationships. And my like, second favorite scene is with uh, Jennifer Conley when he... Takes you on the motorcycle ride in the back of her house. Yeah, Go no. for it. No, the action holds up, man. I'm telling you. The two minutes and 15 seconds test flight. That's my That's my second favorite scene. When Mav proves the mission. When Mav proves the mission can be done. Yeah. I fucking love that scene. Oh, I fucking it was close, it, too. Dude. I almost, I almost it had is that a great above. Scene. It got my time. full attention uh, time and time again. Like, it, like, I was excited to rewatch that scene, and it held up so good. Like it just did. It holds up great. It, it's, it, it real you get adrenaline. It's 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 better than it's the best action scene of both movies, in my opinion. <coughs> Jesse Jesse's favorite scene is the opening scene, Mach Ten. Uh, it's a good one too. Uh, I mean, you can't you I, can't I was, disprove any of this though, right? Because we're all right. Essentially. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Val Kilmer scene gives me man tears, right? So I have no problem with like you know you guys the choosing, choosing the goosebumps scene. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I just would. I really love that action sequence. I was just like, wow, Tom Cruise is just going for it. I love it. Because, <laughs> like, the whole team is just sitting there, like, in bated breath. Like, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And he just, he does it. It's awesome. It's so, it just puts John Hamm in his place. It's great. Um, any other scenes that we love? I love the bar scene, right? The, the, yeah, right? Know, we love it. We, <laughs> I mean, there is no real bad scene. Do you... Do you... I think the, I, the only scene I hate in this movie is where he walks in the cafe, which apparently wasn't even real, according to I, Jeff. <laughs> That's the only... The, all no, the... it's according to the internet. I, uh, uh, I wrote down five scenes. Val Kilmer scene. Matt proves the mission can be done. The first lesson push-up scene. I thought that yeah. scene was pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's the one that's to the Who. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's the um, yeah, Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Where where is he? Where is All he? All the push-ups. And he splits the he splits the uh, difference, um, or you know, he splits the fighters. I mean, um, the bar scene, opening bar scene, and then I put dogfight football. So a quick thing on dogfight football. I thought this was interesting. This is in my notes for my category. Is he, they filmed it once, and he wasn't impressed with how in shape everybody was. Yep. And then he sent him back for, for, for weeks later. And from what I've read and heard... They all whole... went to... But did you read the part that they were all excited they had it done because they were all nervous about shooting that scene and they were all in, like, peak condition. Uh-huh. So they went out for milkshakes and fries just to, like, kind of indulge themselves because they hadn't been able to. And then two weeks later, he's like, we got to shoot it again. Yeah. So they all, like, had to go back to not eating and, like, working out again. Well, from what I read, the whole thing was just one big... Gen- How many times can you work out in a day on set was pretty much what the cast had to do. And yep. chose to do and thrived on. I thought that was interesting. It was just like but they, after, after the first time out. they went and gorged themselves on tater tots, fries, and milkshakes, and then Tom Cruise is like, "Yeah, we got to do it again." And if you think about that, him being so such a level of perfection on a scene that, that's important and we liked, but it, was it could the movie have survived without it? Yeah, it could have. And was he in? Was he? Did he also play dogfight football in jeans? Like he played, <laughs> uh, like some, he played I, volleyball in jeans. By the way, like I had it in, we're talking about it now. I had it in ponderings. I can just ask, what did either of you guys understand the rules to dogfight football? <laughs> no, we weren't no, supposed not to. At all. We just it looked it. like the world's greatest game, but I don't really get how it works. Did anybody care about the scene at the end to the Lady Gaga where um, 
Maverick is teaching Rooster about planes and the mechanics and fixing it with him. That got nobody, huh? Well, no, it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for you? <laughs> because it just shows he finally had this relationship with this kid that's been in his photos and been distant from most of his career. How does cool. Maverick own... So he, then he goes off in like that plane that he apparently owns, because I guess he lives in an airplane hangar. How does Maverick own a... Uh, airplane i don't he's a cap he's a 30-year captain i don't what is that yeah what is Cessna, he making? 50, you can get all kinds of planes a year i mean I, cessna's everything he, he works for the government maybe yeah. he it together. he's got no expenses i think you're getting uh yeah it's too too paranoid on these too paranoid definitely <laughs> they could afford it a Cessna. i'm just asking um are we in, are we up for quotes yet mark uh yeah we can be on it we can be up for quotes here what are we thinking? You got a favorite one ready and ready? The, the end, end is, is inevitable. Is inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Go ahead, Mark. The end is inevitable, Maverick. Your kind is headed for extinction. Maybe, Maybe so, so, sir. sir. But, not today. but not today. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving your wingman. There's a strategy I haven't seen in a minute. One last thing. Who Who's the better pilot, you or me? This is a nice moment. Let's not ruin it. Uh, talk to me, Dad is kind of a really cool line, right? It's a great line. Only because of how iconic "Talk to Me, Goose" is. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, like it, 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 it's almost cheesy, but it's not. <laughs> like, My favorite line in the movie, though, is "I don't look like I don't like that look, Mav." It's the only one I got. Yeah, yeah, and we get that. We get that from the same character. He's great, by the how way. How great is Hondo? Hondo, yeah. I can love Hondo Honorable mention Hondo. Way to go, Hondo. And why is why is Hondo at Top Gun? I get why he's the like he's there when they're doing the test flight, but why does he end up at Top Gun too? Yeah, I think that's a good point. How did he end up at Top Gun? Right? He got punished too. Yeah, that's in my category. Yeah. Go. What was the other line, Mark? No, my dad believed in you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. It's like oh, it's like oh, sick burn. If you send him on this mission, he might never come home. And if I don't send him, he'll never forgive me. Either way, I can lose him forever. What? Are we ready for what doesn't, for what didn't work? Yeah, I only have one thing. It's just nitpicky. What is it, Mark? Well... <laughs> it's not my theory. No, Do not I don't. The decision I, to share his theory. I don't know if I need any of the sailboat stuff, but I don't like. I, this is just me wanting to put something down for our category. So it's very forced. This is forced. Like I, I deep down, the sailboat stuff is fine. I'm just saying, if I had to get rid of something, Jennifer Conley looks fucking great. Sailing. Yeah. What are you talking about? This. this <laughs> He does have a love story to fulfill here. Would you just want him to just fall in love and there be no scenes? Come like, ah, well, uh, gosh, man, I don't know if I need, I don't know if I need the love story. I guess at the end of the day, you don't. If you don't have the love story, you don't get to the Lady Gaga song. I well, but I don't know Hold how invested I am in the Lady Gaga song as you. Everything will be okay. <laughs> I just want you to have a summer where you listen to it two hundred fifty times. <laughs> I don't love a lot. Of, it's very nitpicky. I don't love a lot of this stuff, and that again, why I, I kind of wish that he would have died. I don't love a lot of the stuff on the ground in the uh, enemy territory. Did it feel very all, Pearl Harbor-ish? <laughs> first of all, yeah. It That's is. what it reminded first, me of. <laughs> and I'm like, all, wait, Rooster, Pearl Harbor's a bad First movie. of all, Rooster has to come back. He Rooster comes back and is able to somehow crash land within the same vicinity as were Maverick Crashlands. So specifically, then, you mean the, the scenes after he, we think he's dead and, and we find out he's not and they're on the ground running to save yeah. their life. Talk, and Maverick, Maverick splints, sprints like what, a mile, couple hundred yards with probably whatever concussion he has from the crash. And to somehow is able to find Rooster. Then there happens to be a F-14 on that island a plane that Maverick knows how to fly. There's just a lot. I mean, these movies, these movies are a suspension of disbelief anyway, but the, I mean, the first one was grounded in a little bit of realism and this one really is too. If you don't have that whole part with them on the ground, I just, I think it's a better movie 
if he sacrifices himself for Goose's kid. Um, that's what I got. What did work for you, Mark? Nick? I, I think the diner scene is the only real complaint. I, I hate the hokey laughing that comes at certain points in this movie, but I'm okay with it. I shouldn't say I hate it. Like when he jumps out the window and the daughter's right there and the ho, 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 you know, I, I, theater laughing always has been a thing for me. However, I'm okay with it. It's just, if I could do without like the diner scene, I would have. Um, career corner. I didn't know if either of you prepared anything. I thought we'd talk a little bit about Tom Cruise. Um, I think this movie in a lot of ways, and I wouldn't have ever said this had I not deep dived into his filmography, but it, We've talked about it before at the Jerry Maguire. I mean, the best 10 Borderline. This Borderline revives his career. Um, if you take a look at his um, filmography, pre-2006, he is absolutely on fire. Right. It's like 96 from Jerry Maguire to 2006. Probably the greatest run ever. And then from 2006, though, this is what surprised me. Outside of Edge of Tomorrow, Mark, what's Tom Cruise's best movie since 2006? Probably what the, Besides this one. the movie where he's maybe the pilot, right? Or no, Collateral. Collateral American right? Made, I guess. American yeah. Made or Collateral? Wait, Collateral. What year was that? Collateral's before. Collateral's 2004. Oh, okay. All right. God, time flies, huh? This is his raw. <laughs> this is after. This is 2006. After. Reason I, the reason I make the break at 2006. In 2006, he jumps on the couch. Um, Oprah oh. Winfrey's couch. Oh, the Oprah couch. Poor guy. So after the, yeah, after Oprah, the after the Oprah couch, we have Mission Impossible 3, Lions for Lambs, okay. Valkyrie, Night and Day, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Rock of Ages, Jack Reacher, Oblivion, Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Jack Reacher Never Go Back, The Mummy, American Made, Mission Impossible Fallout, and then finally Maverick. Yeah, he was on a Impossible. really bad run. Post well, I mean, especially I if know. you don't like Mission Impossible. I mean, movies. yeah, like I mean, the Mission Impossible Which movies, I don't. just you know they keep cranking those out and they keep making you know a couple hundred million each time. So, I mean, uh, I get that. So like but I can't I, like I can't call that a fail. And same with Jack Reacher, right? Jack Reacher got a sequel. Uh, the Mummy, the Mummy sucked, right? I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, it it was horrible. Yeah. I didn't see it. I, I didn't uh, say it was bad. I'm just saying compared to the rest, I Oblivion. I guess I didn't realize 2006 to 2022 was so rough for Tom Cruise. Like I, and I mean, when we say rough, I guess we're using that term loosely. By comparison, yeah, super By rough. By comparison right? of his run, that's what I'm trying to say. Is it doesn't feel like he acts anymore. It's all it's all action star stuff. I guess I'm with you on that, and maybe that's because everything is money based. I don't know because a bunch of his money goes to a special church. Maybe I don't know. Because um, a bunch of like, like, that's true. The Scientologists have like, to clear. I'm genuinely his, uh, being choices. dead serious. Like, no, I don't think you're wrong. The Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Seventeen is going to make a lot more money than 100. You got some medals? Let's give some medals out. Nico, you go first. Give some medals out. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I'm going so Kaczynski's not going to get a medal I know he deserves it I know he worked on this as long as Tom Cruise I am going to give the bronze to Lady Gaga actually I, I really believe in you that really song love that song actually I need a roll alright I did have a question on the medals real quick yeah. before we go and I know Nick already started <laughs> but I need to know is Val Kilmer medal eligible oh, yes absolutely it'll affect all my is he in? Is he in the movie long enough? He's in we... the movie. He's in the movie. He's, he, so, so anybody yes. in a anybody in a movie is metal eligible. In my opinion, why not? They're they don't have to be medals. in the movie. We've given They're medals away to composers before. They're your medals, man. Uh, that song was perfect. Like I totally agree that this was the the story I heard too is that they were searching for the perfect song and couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. it took over a year. She sent them that sample and they knew right away when they put it in. We're talking. I mean, Hans Zimmer's did the soundtrack to this as well, right? I think the two going side by side made this perfect. So I think that's metal worthy. I guess she'll share it with Hans Zimmer. Did he do this? Did he do it, Mark? I don't know if he did the music score for this. Honestly, I I didn't. uh... I know the first song that they played was his, so I'll look into that. But that song I did love the hell out of it and listen to every time. That movie's not the same without it. Silver, Jennifer Conley. 
I feel the perfect uh, love match for Tom Cruise for such a movie. They casted that perfectly. I know she's not in that many scenes, but her intense scenes really delivered. Especially the one at the end before he goes on the mission. I loved it. I think that without her, anybody else wouldn't have worked just the same as well. And obviously Tom Cruise as well. His perfection towards this movie, everything around it, set around him. And he gets all the credit and kudos. I have no doubt he's going to be a year gold medal as well, too. But for a reason, right? I, his acting... I was reading that his perfection of acting that he taught to all the, the younger guys will advance their careers in the coming years and decades to come as well. He just taught them how he's been doing his craft for 40-plus years, and it was, it was beautiful to watch. I think he nailed every single scene. There wasn't one unbelievable outside of the diner scene that I didn't love him in, so kudos. Love it, man. Uh, my honorable mentions to... Uh... Yeah, one of my longtime crushes, Jennifer Connelly. She did not disappoint. Uh, I, you know, I love. She she really can't do much wrong in my world. So, I've you know grown up with her ever since the labyrinth, and I've loved her ever since. But my bronze goes to Miles Teller. I went back and forth with this, but uh, yeah, he did great at the end of the day, and I I love the great balls of fire scene at the bar and. From that moment on, really, and that's pretty early on when we're introduced to him. I, I just, I, I buy his character, everything about it. I buy the push-ups, I buy the anger, I buy the, yeah, all about it. So he did good. He did good. Uh, my silver goes to our director, Joseph Kaczynski, for putting up with Tom Cruise and making this movie. We're putting up with Tom Cruise. No, I, you know. I, so I, that's battle worthy all on its own. It, it probably is. You know, I'm sure Tom is super demanding, and I'm sure this guy, yeah, he was on a list that Ridley Scott gave, apparently, but at the same time, he directed Oblivion, which Tom Cruise made, so... Yeah. I'm sure that was... Which was actually not good, right? Yeah, right, exactly, but apparently there was some sort of trust there in Tom Cruise, uh, and it might have been as simple as, you know, Joseph's gonna let me do what I want, and I can I can boss Joseph around. Or maybe... <laughs> or maybe Maybe they have a great working relationship. I don't know. I think know. great working relationship. You don't get a product this good with, with just yes right. men around I, you. I think you're right. I think they both, it's obvious that they were both heavily invested in wanting this to work. And they hit a home run, man. They really did. I, they hit such a home run uh, to the point where I'm still surprised by it. I'm still shocked of how good they did this movie. But, uh, yeah, and... and I shouldn't be because my gold medal goes to Tom Cruise and he's psycho to to and when I say psycho I mean that in a good way. Yep. Um, he's just a he's you know he's he's a perfectionist to a certain extent and obviously Top Gun's one of his you know three most famous movies probably and he wanted to do it justice and gosh he really did in every way possible so. Uh, yeah, I don't see how we can't give Tom Cruise the gold medal here, right? right. This is his movie. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> names in the title, so. But, uh, Jeff, round us out. Bring us home with our medals here. All right. Well, I, you surprised me with your answer to the rules, so we've got to do some shuffling here. I think I'm just going to cheat. You can cheat. Um, we've che- I'm we've gonna cheated give, before. I'm going to give my bronze to Miles Teller. Um... All the reasons you said, he, I was at first a little upset when I heard he was Goose because I just, I, I kept thinking of him in the Whiplash, which is like one of my all time favorite movies, and then not Goose, but when he plays Goose's kid, I mean, but then he completely nails it, um, and I, like, I have a hard time imagining somebody else <laughs> doing it. So, uh, great job, Miles Teller. My silver, I'm gonna make it a tie between. Jennifer Conley and Val Kilmer for vastly different reasons. Jennifer Conley, um, she fixes one of the main problems of the last movie, and that was the chemistry between uh, – there's great chemistry between her and Tom Cruise. Um, and I think she's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, he's – she I, – I don't think that part works in a lesser actress – and she's like she's put, doing a stellar performance to make it viable, and it's one of the better chemistries he's had. He's good with Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow, 
But aside from that, he hasn't been good with another actress for several years. Um, and I think the credit goes to Conley. Uh, I haven't been too many. You had you had me at hello moments with Mr. Cruz in the last and decade. When, right. I haven't been. When I first saw this trailer and I saw Jennifer Connelly was in it, that was one of the most excited things I was excited about. Yeah, I'm always excited to see her, right? Because I feel like I don't see her work enough anymore. We don't see enough of her. Like, what I... It was just great seeing her back. Uh, and the tie was Val Kilmer. This movie is just a not as good a movie and a different movie without him. Uh, his, I actually think his performance with his five minutes of screen time is incredible. And, I mean, he really is acting without talking. And I think he nails it. Um... And it's just, it's a different movie without him. So I think he deserves on the medal stand. And uh, the gold goes to Tom Cruise uh, for many reasons. But he brought people back to the theaters. Uh, he's, I mean, he is Maverick. The cool thing about this movie is it's got kind of like a meta layer. Uh, because this is about, this is really a film about Maverick aging. And in a lot of ways, it's a movie about Tom Cruise aging. And it's got that weird meta level that, like, Unforgiven had with Clint Eastwood. And kind of repri uh, as he reprises, like, a Western role. And Tom Cruise kind of reprises the kind of role he always took in his younger days. And he kind of gives everybody what they want to see. But it's kind of a movie about... Maverick uh, kind of not knowing how to do anything else but what he does. And I'm not sure Tom Cruise knows how to do anything else but to be the charismatic movie star of a popcorn film. I see the ties. And I, I think a lot of what makes this movie work is it's kind of working on that level. It's as much a movie about us kind of celebrating the one of the best movie stars of our generation. Yeah. Uh, and Cruz is my gold. One more shout out to him about um, one of the reasons this was in movie theaters and we did not have to watch this for the first time on our TV screens is because of him. There was a lot of millions of dollars thrown at Paramount to purchase this as a streamer. One of them, Apple, made a very aggressive offer to be able to stream this movie during the pandemic. And Tom Cruise said, uh, had a clause in his contract where he had control over those kind of things. And he said, this movie doesn't get released anywhere until it's released in a movie theater. And he fought hard for that. And at a time of pandemics, when movie studios were not making money, he forced Paramount to wait for their own good. They made just a shit ton of mo money on this movie. But um, that was all Tom Cruise is doing. Tommy forced uh, good, good them away yeah. because good he stuff. was getting the he's gonna get he was getting that money on the back end, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's like, whoa, 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 whoa! We will not be accepting any streaming deals. No, 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 no. Be no streaming in this this ship. But uh, and domestically, we're already at almost like eight hundred million too. It's a it. He's had a. I mean. Worldwide, it's hit a billion. It's his first uh, ever one billion point, dollar. Almost one point five billion. His, his first, first ever billion dollar movie. Yeah, for sure. It's getting late. It's real late. Got some ponderings, Jeff. I do. So, John Hamm's character, Cyclone. Did he want this mission to succeed? Because <laughs> it kind of didn't seem like it. So okay, so maybe he's just the only realist in the room, and just had he just figured it was a suicide mission, regardless. And until Tom Cruise proved him that it wouldn't wasn't, um, but yeah, he really comes off that way. He, but I think he only comes off that way because just like someone told Val Kilmer for the first one, like we got to find some sort of villain in this movie, and I guess you're it, buddy. So because uh, he's really the only villain, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't get a true villain. Yeah, yeah, we don't get a true villain. True. Just like we don't get a true villain in the first one. So. Once again, uh, another thing they have in common. Is it a good... And I know you talked about them fixing a lot of the problems, Mark, but I have one problem here. Is it a good idea to promote a not-ready pilot to take out a potential nuclear weapon to make up for pulling his papers? 
Why exactly isn't Hangman flying this mission? Gosh, right? Um, the better of the pilots. <laughs> the, Hang, Hangman is the better pilot. Fate of the world's on the shoulders, but uh, yeah. they're like, you know what, Maverick? You did this kid wrong. You got it. Like, we, we trust you to do it right by him. Maybe he knew Hangman would be needed for a contingency. And so. Right. Uh, there we go. He didn't. He didn't. He wanted Hangman to come save them later because yeah, he didn't trust he knew, Rooster to he do knew it. Some shit was gonna go south because something always goes south. I don't. You know, it's a good question. Um, how long before Penny dumps Maverick? She drives a Porsche. Nick and I think this relationship's working. And she looks like Jennifer Connelly. Yep. Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise are riding off into the sunset together. Okay, so Jesse's adamant. Jesse's adamant that the first movie is better than the second one, and I, we're all in agreement that the second one's better than the first one. However, my interesting wrinkle into this whole thing is I feel like even though I think the second one is better, I still like the first one more. That's so complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. Now, my simple explanation is this. The first one holds such a nostalgic value that the second one will never hold. That, for example, you know, I feel the need, the need for speed. Um, the, you know, doing karaoke for who's, uh, for, you know, lost that love and feeling. Like, those things exist in the first one that just don't exist in this new one. So even though I think this new one is a better movie, beginning to end, like, makes sense, less holes, not so much an infomercial for the Navy uh, as the original, I feel like I still have an attachment to the original as, meaning I just like it more. Even though I, I also will openly admit the second one's a better movie. So I just didn't know if anyone else was in that same boat. Jesse's just adamant that the first one's better. And I think you two are... In agreement that the second one's better, so yeah. I was just curious where you guys felt. I I kind of almost completely agree with what you just said, Mark. Okay, so you understand I, what I'm saying. It's better, but it's I, I I will always it'll have a more special part of the reason this movie's so great is it's celebrating a movie we love so much. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. Okay, I get which that. is which in our other sequel movies we talked about. I don't feel like the reason the Dark Knights is great is not because Batman Begins is so great or our love for Batman Begins or even like Terminator 2. Like this movie was made 36 late years later. In for sure. Ultimate yeah. trip down nostalgia lane. Absolutely. This movie is just literally an homage to the original movie. Whereas like, like, Aliens yes. and Terminator 2 changed the game. They're like, um, yes. They changed agreed. the game of those movies. Uh, Empire Strikes Back showed us another just showed us something that we didn't even know was capable so like and godfather kind of just flipped the whole script upside down with what they did by giving us you know young Vito and italy like with everything with that stuff but so like it's weird right it's that's why i said like it's easy to put this one on a top 10 but it's hard for me to put this in a top five sequel oh i do have i do have i don't know if it's a pondering or a nitpick but uh I do want to. I do want to uh, call out Mr. Cruz for no helmet in the year two thousand and nineteen, two thousand twenty-two, whatever year this movie is supposed to take place. In nineteen eighty-five, when the first one was made, driving around on a motorcycle with no helmet, I, I, I can that that can sit with me. In the year two thousand nineteen, twenty-two, throw a damn helmet on. Yeah, but then he I doesn't can't, even he then, doesn't even put a helmet on Jennifer Connelly. But then That's you can't have sunglasses and hair waving, right? It's a movie, Jeffrey. Everybody knows they're to wear promoting a bad. They're promoting bad habits. You're right. I'm with you. Put wear a helmet. Damn it, Tom. Put a helmet on. It's 2022. Just, right, it's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's Come on, now, hey, actually. Come on, Pete Maverick. We got people. Every, we got people dying every day. On I mean, unless you're accidents. already, unless unless you're already dead and you don't need to be wearing a helmet, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Nico, what did we miss? A few things, boys. Um. Kaczynski didn't want a number in the sequel because he wanted it to be specifically a character-driven story. I thought that was so cool. Because I keep calling it Top Gun 2, and it's actually named Top Gun Maverick. Um, they replaced dogfight football for for volleyball so they could all be playing together for team building. <laughs> that was so 2023. <laughs> so there's no division between them, right? Between, cause it, minus 
minus Hangman and Rooster, they're, they're, they really were kind of united. So I bought that. Val Kilmer did, in fact, have AOG for his dialogue. We already spoke about that. It had five different release days. We talked about that. The bar scene is a role reversal, too. Did you notice that where this time it was him being mocked as the instructor and at the, after being sang to by the students? So he was on the other side of it. I thought that was super cool when you really think about it. Yeah. So do you have anything? Um, um, I do have the Star Wars note. Did you see that, Jeff? No, go ahead. Uh, well, basically how the mission in the movie shares the, basically the same thing as the Death Star mission. And to elaborate, right, we've got a small group of fighters have to fly along a trench, keeping below the defensive arraignment, uh, to target the opening to a small shaft that will enable them to destroy the target, right? Then the successful shot is made by a pilot who does not use the targeting technology and instead shoots by instinct. And the heroes are eventually saved by the late intervention of an arrogant pilot who was not part of the original mission. In the scene where Maverick attacks them in their practice run, one pilot tells the pilot that will shoot the Star Wars line, stay on target, and they are both shot by Maverick, again, like the movie. So, um, spoiler alert, Nico, you've never seen Star Wars, but there's the ending. <laughs> That works. Did you see that the roof shack of the shack next to Ed Harris, what that was that came off, that actually happened, in uh, like that wasn't CGI'd or planned. No, uh, and it was just a happy accident. That is cool. Yeah, that yeah. was a. Ha- I did see that, and I guess I'll end our pondering. I mean, not our pondering. Our things we missed with, hey, um, this does add fuel to said silly theory of Jeff, but uh, Maverick does shoot down two more jets in this which with his count of three jets he shoots down in the first one that brings his total to five which qualifies him as technically the only ace in the military to earn that title since the vietnam war everything ends perfectly for him (laughs) and val kilmer keeps saying you need to let go which a lot of people feel in order to move on in the afterlife that is the last step you have to take that's all i'm saying Man, oh man, oh man. Final thoughts, Jeff. Um, fantastic movie. Uh, really cool. This got nominated for Best Picture. Uh, good prediction there, Nico. Although you did say it's gonna win. I would love it. I would love if this actually won. I at this think point, it's happen. I know it's what's great is this. Might. When Nico first like made this claim. We were all kind of like, I know, right? Come on, get a, I, I feel like it has a shot. And now, and now it's like, here we are, right? And I'm like, you know, I'd much rather this movie win than everything ever yeah. all the Than the entire so, film. Yeah. Or like the Fablemans. Like, I'd much rather see Top Gun 2 win, so. Well, it'd be um, the right year to do it, because like, let's award the movie that actually like, is bringing people to, to movie theaters. Not. So, exactly. I right? just, it was so fun. And Tom Cruise would get an this. Oscar, because he's the producer, so. Everything his would last, come up roses. His last best shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't think he's getting it, Mark? I don't think he's getting it for Mission Impossible. What, yeah, the, exactly. The next one. Yeah, I don't think so either, for sure. Nico, final thoughts? Um, I think this wasn't just the best movie of 2022. I think it was one of the best moments of, of the year for people who saw it, at least for me. Right? All those parties, the whole week of celebration. And that's, that's really rare. And that's probably what it will be remembered for, too. And you just don't get that a lot in life. I'm glad that I got that this year. I was hoping for it for Avatar 2. It just didn't really happen. I think that movie just fell short just a little bit. It was still fantastic. But I don't, I don't think anybody saw this coming, either. I think they all just wanted a guilty pleasure of nostalgia. And what they got was the best movie in years. Probably since before Parasite. I, you know, maybe going all the way back to Whiplash. But I just... It was a grand slam all the way. And... Grateful, really grateful that, that we got it, you know, to get us back to the theater, to experience the magic again, to get everybody excited for whatever's next. So, Great stuff, Nico. And I, I'm going to echo what you said. I, I, I think this movie is going to re- be remembered as the pandemic movie. And, um, you know, if people were to ask me 20 years from now, I think it, this movie about movies and 
what happened during the pandemic, I think this would come up in conversation. And I hope it does, right? Because it, it feels that special. It really does feel special. And uh, like I just said, you know, at the time when you thought that this movie could win Best Picture, I thought you were nuts. And then, uh, you know... We, you know, because I thought you were nuts, I think you talked it back a little, and we're, we're like, oh yeah, it'll get nominated then, and of course it gets nominated, and we're over here laughing like, ha ha, yeah, look, wow, now, geez, holy cow, and yeah, I hope it does win. Probably won't, but hey, I'm rooting for you, Tom. I'm rooting for you. I just had a great thought on that, Mark. Yeah. Sorry, I don't no, mean no, no, to cut you off, but we, both me and you talked about how, like, we kind of, um, this movie has always existed for us, and it kind of brought us into movies. And for a couple of, and for three people actually that like love the movie theater experience, it's kind of cool that the sequel is the one that kind of gave movies back to us. Yeah, I do. I, I, I love that. I, and I'm glad you just made that connection for you and I, um, especially. But yeah, and, and I guess I'll just end it with this. I, um, you know, I'm happy we're doing this podcast. When we first started this podcast, we did a practice podcast on Under Siege, and we thought this movie was supposed to be coming out, and it got pushed back then, right? And here we are, and we've done a bunch of podcasts since for over a couple of years now. And That's it's, right. It's kind of fun finally getting to talk about this movie, even though it's this movie's really existed. Oh, I didn't over, know that. Over we brought it up. Entirety. We brought it up on that podcast. We did yeah. talk about it. We did talk about it during that first, first <laughs> practice. Yeah. So, Which was anyways. incredible. But yeah, so it's, it's almost three years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, almost three years for sure. And I uh, mean, this movie had been, this movie had already been shot and made when we started doing podcasts. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't and that, that probably just adds to why we are you know why we love this movie as much as we do this is a really big love letter to a sequel worth the wait like, and that none of us necessarily expected we were all excited but none of us expected to be blown away and we were all blown away collectively so we were all hoping it was going to be good but I mean to have our expectations all exceeded tenfold you don't get do that. the right thing you Academy. You don't get that Do too right many thing. times in, 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 when watching movies. So this is a special movie indeed. But on behalf of Jeff, Nick, and myself, thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Tales. We'll be back soon. Take care, everybody. So bad.